Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another Vegan Academy podcast. Today, I got a very special guest once more, all the way from the Netherlands, is vegan ultra runner, Daniel Bruls. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's still funny to me how we're doing this podcast in English, even though we're both from the Netherlands, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll probably notice a, a slight accent, but uh, I, I'm, I think I'll manage to uh, to give uh, the best responses possible in uh, uh, grammar-wise and uh, language-wise. <laughs> I think I think so too. I think so too. And I know that always people appreciate it if we try to level to their language as well and make this a little bit more international. I've actually had some statistics at over 30 different nationalities so far listening to the podcast. So that's really really interesting, actually. That's really uh, good. Uh, Daniel, I would really like to know. I like, I know you a little bit, of course. You are a vegan ultra runner, but please tell us a little bit more about yourself. What is it that you do? Also, maybe in your day-to-day -day life, and how did you get into, yeah, this not so conventional uh, type of sports? Um, well, it's it's a long story, really. I. Uh... I was uh, I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle uh, back when I was living in the Canary Islands in Spain. Um, I drank a lot. I ate crap food. Uh, <laughs> I uh, used uh, occasional drugs every now and then. Well, more uh, like every day. Uh, so my lifestyle was uh, I was bound to uh, to go to uh, well. I, I wasn't going to be old, uh, to be honest. Uh, in fact, my uh, my doctor, when I came back to the Netherlands, he said, if you're going to continue uh, living this lifestyle, you won't be any older than 40 years old, I'm afraid. So that was what uh, what kind of uh, uh, woke me up. Um, yeah. Uh, I was 37 when he told me, and I decided to... Uh, quit everything so I quit smoking I quit drinking I quit drugs I quit uh, the bad foods I started eating healthier but uh, still there was one uh, big thing missing and I was sports so I uh, kind of took up running which I hated when I was younger <laughs> uh, and the first I remember the first training I ran was 11th of December 2012 uh, I ran for 500 meters and I was dead <laughs> I puked all over the street and I couldn't move for uh, for a week. Then after a week, I uh, kind of uh, went back into it and I did 1K. Uh, then the next day, I did 1.5K. And gradually, I built up till, uh, till 10K eventually, the first year. Wow. And the second year, I, second year I, uh, I continued building up. And then from then on, it sort of took a, a really... Well, strange way <laughs> I, uh, I did crazy distances crazy hours uh, uh, when I did my first race which was supposed to be a marathon I came to the finish and I saw everybody hurt and I said ah, this can't be it uh, this is, is this the magical marathon feeling everything everybody is talking about and I, I started looking for uh, for uh, bigger challenges and I saw wow. this uh, thing called uh, Ultra marathon, uh, which was uh, um, by, uh, by on that day, I thought, oh, that that's hard. That's 58 kilometers. 
So I signed up for it and that's where it all went wrong, or I should say where it all <laughs> came <laughs> back to the, to, well, where it all came to the, to the right position. Everything, all small pieces fell into place uh, after that. It took a while, but uh, from then on, I started increasing mileage. Uh, actually, two years ago was when I did the craziest uh, year ever, and I did uh, 6,000 miles. A bit more. Uh, that's I think in kilometers I did ten thousand forty-two running wow. kilometers, uh, but that was madness. In a year, that was absolute madness. But uh, I, yeah, now I can uh, rest a bit more. I'm more balanced. I didn't have any balance for uh, for a few years in running, so instead of uh, uh, um, of being a, a drug or bad food addict, uh, I became an addict to uh, to running. But now it's it's a more balanced part of my life, so to say. Very inspiring uh, story, Daniel. <laughs> As for yeah, and uh, maybe I should add, I uh, my body weight was uh, when I started was 110 kilograms, and I'm only five foot eight. Wow! So I wasn't uh, exactly the skinniest boy on the uh, on the planet. Um, now at this time, I uh, I. Yeah, my body weight is, I think it's 64 or 65, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, yeah, I've gone down quite a bit. And that's where the vegan uh, lifestyle comes in as well. Uh, I lost a lot of weight already just by running and uh, changing uh, my diet from uh, uh, well, bad food to, to healthy. Mm -hmm. But once I started uh, the vegan lifestyle, I, I lost an additional 25 kilograms. Wow. So this is where I am right now. And uh, it's been an eye-opener in, in, in many ways, and it's been a, an improvement in many ways. I think I've grown as a, as a person, uh, as a, as a, most definitely as a sportsman and uh, as a human being. I love that. Well, that's a short version of what happened in the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I really I really liked how you said like uh, when you came back to the Netherlands after living this yeah kind of like destructive lifestyle almost. Oh yeah. Uh, that the doctor said to you, well, if you're gonna continue like this, you're not gonna make it past 40. And that was really your wake up call to start looking. Okay, how can I actually change this? And yes, sir. I th I think a lot of people are in similar situations. Might be a little bit less or a little bit worse. Uh, but I think it's very inspiring to see that you can always change, right? You can always do something to change where you are today. True, true. Yeah. I, there's actually uh, an American ultra runner, a lady, uh, Keita Corbett, she's called. Uh, she used to be in a similar uh, uh, situation as where I was in. Uh, and she's now a pro, uh, pro uh, ultra runner and vegan as well. Wow. So yeah. as, uh, there's a... There, there's a lot of things that are possible once you uh, uh, once you leave the old uh, uh, crap behind, so to say, and you open your eyes to a new lifestyle. Uh, and and in many in many ways, it's not only the food but also the spiritual uh, uh, side of it. I think. I I agree with that. What made you realize that that was something that you felt like doing? Well, there was actually uh, it, 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 there were two things that came together in one day, and the first uh, thing was a moment where I realized that I I couldn't 
keep on telling the world that I'm a, a friend to animals and then at the same time eat them. Yeah. Um, my conscious, uh, my consciousness wouldn't allow me to continue uh, doing that. Uh, I'm very sensitive to, uh, to things like that. I cannot uh, fake being a person who I am not. So if I'm an animal friend, I will do everything that I have in my power to uh, be a friend. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not exp using the right word, but I couldn't live with myself eating tuna fish while at the same time claiming I love animals. So that's one thing. And then there was this uh, this book that I uh, got hold of. It's called Eat and Run. It's by Scott Jurek, uh, probably mm -hmm. one of the world's uh, most famous ultra runners uh, ever. Yeah. And uh, well, that was that was it really. I uh, I never looked back. Fantastic. Yeah, it's all about like aligning your actions with your intentions, right? Aligning your outer exactly. actions with what you, with your moral values within yourself, right? That's something that mm. I experienced myself and a lot of people that I talk with, um, yeah, share that same, share that similar thought. So that, that's very interesting how you put that. And and maybe maybe the word I I, I, I didn't say, but I, I should have mentioned as well as the compassion. I've, I'm... I'm uh, I've become more compassionate uh, towards any living creature, uh, not yeah. just the animals, but uh, humans as well. I love that. And di did you notice like a um, a difference when it came to your, uh, your you, you mentioned your spiritual side, but definitely also at the physical and your performance? And most definitely. Um, um, as for the physical side, uh, definitely more endurance, uh, more mm -hmm. strength, uh, not from one day to another, but gradually building up. Yeah. Uh, um, recovery after a, uh, after a race, for example, is so much more quicker for me than uh, uh, than before. Uh, um, I, I could run, for example, 100k now and and the next day i wake up and go for an, uh, for a for a quick run or a, a sprint or it's it's, it's crazy really i could like, oh, go cool. mountain biking 50k or it's it's, it's madness or maybe i'm just um, maybe my body just uh, got used to it but no but i really think my recovery process uh, uh, after such a, a a huge impact on the body is is gone a lot stronger and a lot bigger a lot a lot quicker as for spiritual, I think I've become more open-minded uh, to a lot of things. Um, uh, I've been um, experiencing some really well, strange uh, uh, things since I went vegan. Uh, while I was running, uh, some would call it an out-of-body experience. Uh, some call it a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, Astro projecting, for example. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I've actually had. I think I had. Uh, um, no, actually, I'm. I'm pretty sure I had a, a, a few out of body experiences while running. So I got out of my spirit, got out of my body, and saw my body fall. Uh, and it's somehow it didn't it didn't hurt, and so still growing and uh, I'm getting more into that uh, uh, matter because I wow. still don't quite understand all of it. 
How, I, how did you experience that? Like you saw yourself really, running or how can I, how can I imagine something like that? It, 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 it went really quick. The first time I remember it was near Heerlen um, and I was running a dirt road and I, 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 I saw myself running and then before I knew I was on the ground, but I saw myself falling as well. Wow. Um, the, the thing was though, uh, I didn't feel the impact. It was really strange. I wasn't on any drugs anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first yeah, thing that people when think, I, right? <laughs> when, I, when I tell uh, people who are not open to uh, spiritual uh, things or uh, um, uh, issues like these, uh, they, would, uh, they would probably think I was on some kind of medication or hallucinating, hallucinogenic uh, drugs or something, but uh, no. What do, you, what do you think that something like that means or did what did you get out of it? Um, well, I've, I've definitely, um, I think there's more to life than what we, what we see uh, on, the, um, on the surface. Yeah. There's more, uh, more energy, more, uh, 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 more things that we can, uh, uh, that we can use, that we can, uh, um, uh, experience uh, uh, once we're open to it but uh, the problem is I think most people uh, and, I, and I don't mean that in a negative way but most people uh, um, they are not open to that kind of uh, uh, stuff um, their minds their spirit, uh, well, their spirits they're, uh, they're completely blocked uh, uh, yeah I can name a few uh, distractions, like for example, Wi-Fi signals, uh, uh, TV, uh, um, uh, 5G uh, network, 4G network. It's all a big part of uh, uh, what what blocks our uh, well, not maybe not our brain, but our spirits. Uh, yeah, um, electromagnetic. Field, I don't know right? if I'm expressing myself really well, but yeah, no, I, I know there's a lot of things like we have a certain electromagnetic field around us, right? Some call that your aura or uh, your electromagnetic field. And I know there's a lot of things that can influence that, uh, the toxicity levels in your in your body, but also like you mentioned, definitely. things outside of you. So I, de I definitely see a lot of truth in that. And I really like that you mentioned that um, uh, there's a lot more things going on than we actually see. Uh, I think the human eye is capable of seeing less than 0.0001% or something even smaller uh, than the total visible or the total light spectrum out there. So that already exactly. says that there's just so much more going on, which we're not aware of. And uh, I think yeah. it's, it's very fascinating how we can tap into those things that we are normally not aware of. And yeah, yeah I heard about the runner's high. I never heard about people actually having this kind of like out-of-body experiences during running. So that's, that's super fascinating. And it doesn't you... happen. It doesn't happen too often, uh, fortunately, because if I would fall all the time, I would probably break <laughs> something uh, once. But uh, it's uh, the, the runners high. Uh, yeah, uh, most definitely. Uh, it always comes when you run. Um, but uh, I think when you do an ultra run, it's even it's even uh, more. Uh, it lasts longer. Uh, it's it's uh, I, I can't actually describe the feeling. It's it's like uh, living and dying and uh, being reborn again in a day. Uh, um, there, there's a 
uh, an American movie maker, uh, Billy Yang, he uh, once made a, a movie about uh, a race called the Western States 100 Miles. It's called Life in a Day, and that's exactly what an ultra run uh, is. It's uh, uh, it's actually life, but in a compact form. It can be 24 hours, 48, or or less than 24, or even more than 48. But yeah, that's uh, basically life in short version. For, for people that are not familiar with that term, what would you say is a runner's high? State of that's being? Okay. Is it like, I often hear people saying like it's some kind of like flow It's like state. a state of euphoria probably. Yeah? It's kind of like a state of euphoria where you, uh, once you realize what you what you did and what you achieved, uh, you feel like you can conquer the world and, uh, and do anything. And yeah, it, it's... Uh, um, it, in in the beginning, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, but then all of a sudden you get it onto a certain, uh, uh, well, let's say, uh, plateau. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it's, it stops growing for a while, but then you just keep on uh, challenging yourself different ways. Uh, and if the distance is, is, isn't going to be changed or any longer, for example, you could use heavier equipment or, well, well, I do at least. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this yeah, it's a, it's an indescribable feeling. You really think you, you really feel as if you're on top of the world, but in a good way, not a, a, a um, negatively towards other people. Just life is good, and uh, uh, you're grateful uh, for uh, for the health you have. For you feel blessed that you can even uh, that you can do it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 what what it is for me. Yeah, I love that. That's that's every really time again. That's that's really interesting, uh, Daniel. You mentioned also, of course, that because now we went a little bit further into like the spiritual side, which is super interesting to me actually how you experience that. Um, but you mentioned a little bit before that you also mentioned uh, your recovery rates uh, when it came to switching to a vegan lifestyle. What does how does like a typical day of eating look for you? Because I can imagine that you consume quite a lot of calories to sustain yourself on such an active lifestyle. Uh, on a normal, this is a normal working day. Um, mm -hmm. uh, on a normal working day, um, uh, what I do uh, is a is a one hour run before breakfast. Um, then I have a small breakfast. Then I go to work on my mountain bike. Yeah. Mm. And after work, I go to the gym uh, where I do some more workouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I consume about, um, on, a, on an average working day, I consume about, I, I burn and consume about three and a half to four and a half thousand uh, calories. On a race day, that, that varies really uh, 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 according to the distance and the, the weather conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think the the biggest amount of calories that I burned in one race was sixteen thousand or seventeen thousand. No way! So how long was that? You can imagine. Uh, I love eating, so I, sorry. How, how long was that race? How many kilometers? That was a twenty-four hour race in Germany. Wow. Sixteen thousand calories. It was that, off road, so it was just uphill, downhill, uphill, yeah, just imagine. I love eating, so for me that was good. I could eat for a week, like like I was uh, eating for five persons in one day. <laughs> I loved it. 
<laughs> and that's that's I think that's one uh, one big advantage of both um, uh, um, having an active lifestyle as well as uh, living a vegan lifestyle. You can practically eat as much as you want uh, without the possible uh, uh, negative sides of eating a lot. Yeah. Um, you don't actually get to uh, gain a lot of weight. Of course, uh, you can eat uh, vegan uh, uh, fast food all the time, and then it's a different story. But yeah, uh, it's not only fast food. There's so many good things, so to say. And I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm actually still a newbie when it comes to vegan food. I consider myself a newbie. <laughs> Well, with performance like this, I think a lot of people would disagree with that. But I, I know you're a, a humble person, so uh, <laughs> I get where you come from. Um, when, when we're talking about like the kind of food you eat, I understand that you eat a predominantly whole foods, plant-based diet. Uh, are there certain foods that you consume a lot? And does like a... Uh, are there certain foods that you eat especially more when you have, for example, a um, a run? Uh, when I have a, uh, a race, what I what I do is uh, um, I do eat a lot of pasta, rice, uh, uh, quinoa, bulgur, all, all things like that, couscous. Um, um, but what I also do, and I mean. Probably the, a lot of sports people will uh, uh, will disagree with me, but I think it's for my kind of sports is one of the best things I can do. I can eat practically a whole jar of peanut butter uh, every day. <laughs> uh, it gives uh, long-lasting energy. It gives uh, healthy fats. Uh, it has proteins, uh, so basically has everything I need for a race. And it's actually also one of my comfort food after race when when I don't feel so uh, so uh, fit anymore. That's interesting. So I, I, I love I love peanut butter. Yeah, me too. <laughs> those are yeah, those are the things I I eat more when I um, when I when I have a race coming or when a race is is done. Yeah. Uh, on regular days, like for example today, uh, this like truckloads full of fruit and uh, and vegetables. So a lot of colorful foods, a lot of uh, 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 carbohydrates. I as hear. much as possible. Yeah, as much as yeah. possible. As much as possible, indeed. Yeah. And uh, occasionally avocado and, of course, uh, dry fruits, nuts. Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 for example, uh, what do you call it? Walnuts, uh, mm -hmm. um, almonds, uh, different kinds of nuts because they have... Uh, well, they have uh, they have the good fats. They have the uh, omega three. Some of them. Um, so yeah, I try to uh, eat as varied uh, as possible. Yeah, yeah. What um, like for people listening? I think when they hear you talk, what you do, and how you act, they might imagine, uh, oh, an ultra runner. So he must be very lean. I know you are. Uh, I know that a lot of people have this assumption also that uh, runners, uh, endurance athletes are in general uh, pretty like small, uh, as in like uh, not really bulky, for example. Uh, but I know that's not really the case in your case, right? Uh, true. Yeah. I uh, do my occasional fitness training five times a week. 
And my goal is next year to compete on uh, on stage uh, as a fitness master competitor. Wow. Uh, while at the same time uh, doing my ultra running. So that's <laughs> going to be a big challenge because I have to bulk up while training for the races. And then I have to cut uh, down to a leaner level uh, while, when uh, October, November comes. That's when... Uh, well, that's when I have the biggest races of the year and and the the fitness championship. So that's that's going to be the the yeah, the, the biggest challenge for next year, doing wow. those two things at the same time. But I know it's possible because over the past two years, I've I've uh, built more lean muscle. I've uh, also um, noticed my improvement in in running, and especially this year. Um, while there were no races, I've just become much much faster than I uh, ever was before wow. um, I also have more endurance my uh, and my general uh, shape in running is has improved so much more uh, compared to uh, last year and the years before that's incredible I know I'm not on drugs <laughs> I'm not on performance enhancing drugs I think it's all a, a process it takes a while for the body and the and the, uh, uh, and the mind to uh, adapt to uh, to a new lifestyle uh, you can't expect major changes uh, within a half a year or a few months it takes a year maybe two or three years before you notice any considerable uh, big changes and this is where I'm at right now I think you're hitting something very important there. And that's just say like, you have to stay consistent. And that's what a lot of people forget. Exactly. Right? Like a lot of us expect these immediate results, but the real big results come actually after over time. So what is exactly, one of the yeah. things, how you can sustain it for yourself? What is that mindset? I, I, I love doing what maybe a lot of people miss. Um, well, well, Apart from from the animals, uh, which I see on a daily basis, I uh, uh, some of my runs go past the farm, and uh, it's it's a farm where uh, old horses and donkeys are uh, uh, having their last days of their life uh, after being rescued from uh, from uh, bad places, so to say. Mm. Uh, that's that's when I realize, okay, I I will keep on doing this because it's it, it does it does make a difference. Yeah. But apart from that, uh, I love doing what I'm doing right now it's so much that I uh, I won't give it up uh, or I won't have it um, go downhill uh, just by changing my lifestyle to a non-vegan again. Uh, and maybe that's very selfish, but uh, yeah, those are the two main reasons for me. Uh, at the moment to uh, uh, the two main motivators to uh, to keep on doing it and i see too many too many young people that's maybe that's one more when i look when i look on on the streets uh, when i go to work when i come back when i look to my colleagues uh, when i see people shopping uh, in town what i see is that people uh, aren't good they aren't healthy uh, in, in 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 any way um they they look like they uh, they are two or three persons combined in one body uh, <laughs> look judging from size and i don't mean that in a negative way i i, 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 I my my body was once like that but uh, um no i i i think well actually i heard a number a few months back 
Uh, 56% of children uh, between 12 and 18 years in the Netherlands are uh, obese. Uh, some of them morbidly obese. That's wow. shocking. That is really shocking. Uh, that's only the children. Uh, what about the adults? Uh, that would be similar, maybe even a higher percentage. So for me, it's uh, uh, also uh, uh, motivated to continue doing what I do and trying to inspire others to pick up my lifestyle or at least try to improve. Uh, they, they shouldn't copy what I do, but try to improve their lifestyle, change their eating habits, uh, move a little bit more. And they don't have to run. They can go uh, uh, skating uh, yeah. or uh, skateboarding as long as they move. Uh, they get, can go for a, for a short walk. The, the, the main thing is going outside and move or go to a gym and move. I, I think and try I, to be more uh, conscious about what, what you eat. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, I think what you said uh, a little bit before that is like you really love what you do. And I think that's what's make it so easy to just get up early in the morning and uh, move already more than more people do in a week before you actually even got to work. Uh, it, it, it activates mind and body. And once I, once I did the, the pre-work uh, morning run, I, it's like I can lift up a, a, a train and, uh, and, and go running uh, to work with it on my back. It's, 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 it's an amazing feeling. You, you, you actually have more energy than when you just sleep in late and, and go to work just in time. Uh, no, no, for me, it's uh, probably the, yeah, the, best, the best way to start a day. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, I, I sometimes skip a run, but... Uh, of course, of course. It's all about that. You need balance, to give right? the body and the mind some some rest. Yeah. So so when it when it comes to what we see in society happening, yeah, a lot more people uh, being overweight. I think uh, even though you sometimes hear we are healthier than ever, I don't agree with that. I actually think that we are unhealthier than we have been over the last hundred years. Probably we might not. Uh, we might live longer, but is the quality of life really as good as it was 50 to 100 years ago? I am not really sure about that. And I agree. Okay. Yeah. I, and you, you, you mentioned something before we actually started with this podcast today to me as well. It's like the role of technology and uh, how you actually feel when you're running. Do you think those things play a role in that as well? Do you, do you think that people are more like disconnected or what, what is yeah. your take on that? Absolutely. I think uh, um, uh, uh, we're, despite the social networks and despite all the internet and despite all the uh, uh, telephone connections that we have, we are much more disconnected than we ever were yeah. as, a, as, a, uh, as a society. Uh, just look, look on the street when you go, uh, go to a supermarket or to, uh, to any shop. You will see out of 100 people uh, you see on the street, you see 99 with their smartphone uh, their, uh, in their hands, uh, uh, not looking where they're walking and uh, not talking to the person they're actually with, just uh, uh, looking at the damn screen. And uh, it's, it's, it's as they're completely lost in, in, in cyberspace. They yeah. don't even notice anymore the, uh, uh, what's going on in the world outside. Uh, I think that's a, a, a yeah. It's 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 not evolution anymore. Uh, technically, technically yes, but um, from a human point of view, uh, definitely it's 
it's going downhill. It's not going. It's, it's not going any forward anymore. And uh, I think Einstein predicted this uh, many years ago. Where there, there will be a time when we're uh, when we're amongst when we'll be living in a society of uh, absolute morons. And, and this is what's what's being created right now. I, I, and and again, I try, I'm trying to be as positive as possible, but yeah, you, this this whole uh, uh, society that we live in now is not creating um, uh, um, a lot of good for uh, for the future. Um, people are too dependent on on smartphones, on smart technology, on yeah. Uh, obviously, we need it, but. I think we shouldn't be so dependent on it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's exactly the, the right word to use. It's like dependency. Uh, I, I have been talking about this topic in the podcast on previous episodes as well. And I, I really like this quote, like teach a man how to fish instead of giving a man a fish. Because yeah. if you just give the fish, then everyone will always be dependent and i think that's what society is doing it's creating dependency on social media on technology on governments instead of learning how to take care of ourselves and of course i like we don't need to exactly. give you fish we can give you potatoes or bananas <laughs> much better for everyone anyway uh, leave the fish alone but um yeah i i, I totally agree with you and i, I think also when you actually start to do these things for yourself, when you start to go out more in nature, I had the last couple of days, I took off. I didn't do anything. just enjoyed my Christmas holidays and um, haven't been spending time on social media, which I normally do a lot. And you feel so much ease. You feel so much more in the moment. Uh, exactly. Like that fear of missing out, that FOMO. I think that's so real with people. And in the end, we tend to focus a lot of things that actually are not that important. So I also would like to ask you, Daniel, like if people got inspired by what you are doing, if people got inspired by hearing you talk today, what would you say, how can they start if they are maybe in that position where you have been at the age of 37 or if they are at a journey and looking themselves in the mirror and thinking, hey, this is not what I want in my, in my life. There's just one way to start a voyage like that uh, or an adventure like that, I would say, is uh, to take it one step at a time. There's a Chinese proverb, uh, I think it was written by Lao Tzu, and it says, even a journey of a thousand miles begin with, begins with a single step. Probably the best way to describe it, uh, how to start a process like this. If things don't go forward, take one step back and then start again, uh, give it time and uh, be patient, uh, but be consistent. Uh, I think, yeah, that, that would be the only way. Don't expect uh, big results in short time, but value the, uh, the, the small changes, the small progress, uh, and, and, and above all, value the, the small things in life. If you don't do that, the whole, the whole process has no, uh, no sense. What use is it if you don't enjoy all the small things, for example, seeing a bird flying in the sky or uh, being grateful that you can breathe. One step at a time. I, I really love that proverb. I, uh, I heard that one before. I think it's a, it's a really yeah, spot on description of, of the journey of life. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that actually today. I would also like to ask just as, as like a final question here, like just to yeah. share a few of your stats. What are some of the records 
uh, within running that you're very proud of over the last couple of years? What's, what's maybe like your longest run or the most mileage that you did in a day? I'm, I'm uh, really the, intrigued to the, hear Actually, about the, the most mileage uh, should have happened uh, three weeks ago. Uh, it was a 200k run, uh, self-supported, but uh, unfortunately, after 40k, my stomach was uh, out of uh, out of order, so I had to uh, quit, uh, which is not something I uh, uh, um, I regret. Uh, um, but it's yeah, it's part of the game. Sometimes yeah. your body just says no, and then it's no. You can't uh, keep on fighting. Uh, uh, um, a, a turned over stomach because you'll be you'll be sick you'll be uh, completely broken at the end now but the biggest distance so far is 100 miles um, like 140 kilometers uh, 160, oh, 160 something yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, it took me about 19 hours <laughs> um, that, and that's kind of like uh, uh, the ultra runners uh, uh, one uh, wet dream to run a 100 mile uh, below 20 or 24 hours so that's really? uh, that's a uh, that's kind of a good of achievement of course the, the top runners will run uh, will run uh, below 14 hours so uh, that's out of my league uh, but yeah i did a 100k this year in nine and a half hours uh, i did a 50k on the treadmill in three and a half hours uh, two weeks ago uh, my best marathon time this year in uh, two hours 40, uh, 54. Wow. And my uh, 5K and 10K this year were uh, 16 minutes and a half and 34 minutes. So I definitely uh, uh, I'm proud of the progress I made, but uh, I don't like fast running, to be honest. Uh, it's something I did to challenge myself in COVID times as a winner races. Uh, my, my kind of thing is more like uh, the 52... Yeah, 100k races where I can go uh, all in, um, uh, which is uphill, downhill, uh, in the mud, uh, okay. uh, and, 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 and on different kinds of terrains, um, and then try to uh, well survive it in the best way possible. <laughs> you really enjoy the challenge. Oh yeah, yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> And if I can awesome. run the, uh, till the finish, I have to hike it. Uh, and that, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll finish. I'll finish. Probably yeah. Probably the toughest the toughest race I did, uh, and also uh, uh, as a result the worst uh, uh, was a 52k race in the Netherlands this year. Yeah. It was 41, 40 degrees or 39 degrees. And uh, after 26K, my body just said, no, it's uh, running. You'll not be running anymore. So I uh, decided to finish it uh, hiking. I kind of ended in, uh, in the back part of the, of the classification. But hey, I don't care. I finished it. And I could still walk the day after. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sick or feeling hurt or, or anything. That's actually one thing that I completely forgot to ask you about. Like, I can imagine like already running a marathon is a huge mental obstacle, but something like an ultra run that must be, I, I, I can't imagine. Like for, for people that have never experienced something like that, could you explain what is going on like in, in the mind and how can you, how, 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 do you, how do you finish something like that? How do you pull that off? Uh, when train? you start, well, actually, when you start, well, mostly my thoughts are, uh, oh, 
oh shit, I have to run 100k. Oh, look, there's a cow. Oh, look, there's a dog. And then you're already halfway. There's so many, so many millions of thoughts that get into your head and you say, oh, when I get back home, I have to uh, to write a training schedule for this person or I'm uh, going to make a different schedule for myself. Oh, I'm, I'm going to eat this when I get back home. And then you're already three quarters down, uh, down the distance. And then you say, "Shit, my legs hurt. My um, my uh, my whole body is uh, is uh, done with the the cold weather or the the mud. I don't want this anymore." And that's when the fight begins. And uh, but then again, the thoughts come in, and before you know, you're actually at the at the finish line. I I have my head full of thoughts all the time. So uh, I'm I'm it's like a ping pong uh, match. Uh, it keeps on going left to right, left to right, left to right. So you yeah, keep yeah, kind that, of self-occupied like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's of course different for any, every runner. There is. I know there's some runners who uh, have their music on. Um, um, I do some of my trainings with music as well, but not not during a race, because that's when uh, when I think you should also uh, um, appreciate the surroundings, because uh, yeah. otherwise you're not well. Uh, for for example, what what use would it be going to Switzerland to the Mont Blanc uh, and run there if you're not going to appreciate the beauty of of, of the whole Mont Blanc? And um, so yeah, uh, and I know there's also people on on uh, on extreme long on extremely long races like a 200 mile or 300 mile or uh, even longer like a thousand k. They have uh, uh, ways of distracting themselves with uh, books. They take a book along with them and read a page every 10k, for example, just to get their minds uh, off of the uh, uh, things. As, people yeah, do that a thousand k. Yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, uh, longest race that I know of is a thousand k, but I could wow. be mistaken. That's insane. And the longest run ever done by a by a human being is four thousand three hundred. Kilometers, um, and actually, uh, there are a few of that uh, uh, caliber. It's uh, one is called, for example, the Appalachian Trail. It's not a race, but uh, mm. more like a, a trail from uh, uh, one part of the states to the uh, to another. I heard about um, that. So yeah, that's that's two thousand seven hundred miles. Uh, well, if I have a support team someday, I will do it, but not uh, not on my own. I mean, it's crazy. Scott Jurek, the guy I talked yeah. about, uh, wrote the book Eat and Run. He ran uh, the record a few years ago. And uh, uh, the record actually got broken by a young Belgian guy uh, last year by uh, by a few days. Wow. So that's, uh, that's an amazing achievement. Yeah, I, I I read I I saw a part of like a documentary about that uh, that um, that trial what he did there and it is absolutely yeah it's like you can almost not comprehend like what kind of uh, yeah what, what kind of um, performance that is like how can you achieve something like Huge. that it's it's absolutely it's, it's, insane. The, the the people, well, experts or health experts uh, say it's not good for the body. Um, yeah, if you do it on a, if you do it every day, of course, it's not good. Uh, but I think um, if your mind is up to it, uh, uh, you you can actually get over the 
the physical barriers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's uh, there's moments when the pain sets in uh, when your legs won't move, but shortly after that there will be moments when uh, when your mind says fuck it all and you just continue and then you actually don't feel it anymore. Well, actually you do feel it, but it's uh, it, it's not as uh, as painful anymore as uh, uh, without that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And it also relates to what you said in the beginning, right? It's like we are, uh, we are just aware of such a tiny speck of what's all possible. And what's made me think of that uh, story of the uh, Tibetan monk, I think this was somewhere in the 70s or 60s, when um, there was this um, war going on between China and Tibet. And there's this famous picture of a monk uh, lighting himself on fire in lotus pose. And he doesn't, and reporters uh, stated that he didn't give a single sound. So basically yeah. uh, saying uh, that that person was uh, beyond pain and beyond attachment of the physical body. And that was like, that's absolutely mind blowing. You, you, as a normal person, you cannot understand what that actually is. And uh, I think uh, that's where you can tap into if you do this kind of performances as well. Uh, I have actually one last exactly. question that I would really like to ask you, Daniel. Yeah. It's like kind of a uh, tradition here on the Vegan Academy podcast. And that's your prediction on the next year. So you said already you're gonna do, going to step up. You're going to be on stage uh, as well as um, uh, uh, prepare for your, 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 new, your new trainings or your new races. What else? What do, what do you think is in store for you? But maybe also, what do you think 2021 is going to be about? Like what can happen more on a yeah, global scale? Um, well, it's going to be a tough year um, for everyone. Uh, um, for me personally, uh, well, I'm actually, uh, my contract didn't get renewed at, at work. So I'm looking for a new job, but I'm confident there's, there's always work. So I'm confident I will find something even if it's washing dishes or uh, uh, cleaning garbage uh, or run, riding a garbage truck, I don't mind. And yeah, I've, uh, uh, I'm, I'm also trying to get more uh, time uh, done as a volunteer. Um, I'm uh, in the process of uh, uh, getting in touch, or well, I'm already in touch with. Um, the farm I talked about earlier where there's donkeys and horses saved uh, from uh, bad places. Uh, I applied for a position as a volunteer there uh, for a few hours a week. So that's uh, something I'm really looking forward to. Um, and other than that, just, uh, well, I, I basically hope just to, to stay as healthy as I am now. That's about it. I don't have any big plans or big wishes for uh, material things, uh, of course, and uh, for the world to be more uh, compassionate. And that's something, but 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 in general, uh, uh, first of all, of course, to to animals, but also to uh, to other humans. Exactly. Um, maybe it's a strange thing to say uh, as uh, as a vegan to another vegan, but uh, I think that too many vegans aren't compassionate enough to non-vegan people. Um, uh, I agree. Just to give an example, I uh, I was once. Uh, told that if I would kiss a non-vegan girl, I would immediately be non-vegan person <laughs> anymore. So, well, yeah, um, there is a, yeah, I think more compassionate, more open-mindedness also uh, society, so to say. 
Yeah, and in general, of course, that would be, uh, and that's something I see coming. Uh, uh, there's more um, awareness already, uh, and it's it's growing. But there's need for more awareness and more compassion and more uh, things like that in the future. I totally agree. I think that's definitely uh, where there's some work being cut out within the vegan movement to be more inclusive and less exclusive. I'm always. Exactly. Someone that even says like every step in the right direction is a step in the right direction. Whether that means that you're doing meatless Monday, going vegetarian, going plant-based or anything in the middle or a combination of sorts. Of course, I would love to see the whole world going vegan, but I also know that that's not realistic. Me too. In short, -term, short time period. So every you step can't, you right can't, step is a step. You can't force it on, on people. Uh, uh, there's one thing uh, that I use frequently when it comes to... Um, telling people about vegan lifestyle uh, and I would say okay this works for me um, but I can't force you to do this uh, I can only uh, I can only uh, teach you the ways but you have to do it yourself and there's an English saying uh, which comes back every year again uh, so many times uh, you can take a horse to the water but you can't make a drink and that's basically what it comes down to uh, uh, you can you can show people the way uh, uh, about vegan lifestyle, but they still have to do it themselves. If they don't do it, well, tough shit. Uh, you, go, you go on and try to educate, educate the next person. Exactly. Um, yeah, they made their choice and, and I respect that. I don't think differently about them. I totally agree. Uh, I totally agree with you on that. And I think having role models like yourself uh, to promote the vegan lifestyle and to show what's all possible, I think that's definitely what helps. I'm always a big supporter of and a big fan of leading by example and having people with a heart of gold and a mind of iron like yourself. I think that's so important uh, to have as a, uh, yeah, as a forefront of the vegan lifestyle and of a compassionate lifestyle in general. So also, we'd just like, really like to thank you, Daniel, for everything that you shared today. I hope uh, it got people some insights in yeah, the life of a vegan ultra runner. And what well, thank they you can, for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And what they can do themselves, of course, also to just get started and also know that it is never too late. Whatever position you're in, there's always something that you can do to change. And like exactly. you said, a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. With a single step. That's it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Daniel. And thank you, of course, also for listening to another Vegan Academy podcast. If you would like to get in touch with either one of us, check out the description below for the link to our social profiles. And I hope to have you back next week for another Vegan Academy podcast. Mm -hmm.